kinder through six can be dismissed. Thank you, kids, for doing such a great job during worship. That's awesome. <laughs> well, this morning I'm, I'm privileged to be here. Um, we miss our, our, our family. John and Ashley are gone, but we know that they're doing what God has for them this morning. And uh, we know that we're going to see some fruit from what's happening in Seminole right now. And so they weren't just, they just didn't go, we sent them. Amen? So uh, just believing that God is going to have an amazing outbreak of revival from the small town of Seminole. Who knows that God can change the world from a small town? He can use the least of us to do the greatest things. That's the message. You know, Jesus wasn't born into a family of prominence and of wealth. Jesus was born into a place that couldn't even find a place to stay for the night. Right? And so God uses the things that, the weakness of the world to profound the wise is what the Word tells us. And so I'm just glad that we get to be a part of what God is doing. We may, we may look small, but let me tell you something we are powerful. We are powerful beyond belief because we have the Holy Spirit. We have Jesus living on the inside. Amen? Well, tonight's word, um, I'm going to try to keep it brief. Famous last words of every minister, I guess. <laughs> but this message um, was born at the first of the year. And I don't know how many of you here for the... Uh, um, 60 mop, which is 60 minutes of prayer we do at the first of every year. And we just pray for 60 minutes and we ask God to give us a word for the year. Well, God gave me a word and, um, man, was it a word for 2020. <laughs> and I'm, I'm so glad that God has allowed me to walk through this year with this word in my heart. And I feel like this is the perfect time to share what God has revealed in my life through this word and through this year, because I don't think it was just for me. I believe it is a corporate word. And so I'm just going to start with the verse that God gave me that night. In Colossians chapter 3, verses 1 through 3, it says, If you were raised with Christ, seek those things which are above, where Christ is sitting at the right hand of God. Set your mind on things above, not the things that are on earth. For you died, and your life is hidden with Christ in God. The word I got was set. S-E-T. Very strange word to get for 60 minutes of prayer. But it's so important to learn what it means to set ourselves on things above. I think this is the key to living a supernatural life. I didn't really understand the purpose at the time. But God revealed to me that he was resetting, beginning to reorientate the church. Um, who knows that this year, if you haven't been shifted in some way, you're missing the point. If you haven't been recalibrated, if you haven't been reset in any way, to how you see 
God at work in the world around us, you're missing the point. See, God didn't create COVID. Amen? God doesn't do that. He's, he's not into that business. But guess what God would use? God uses what the enemy means to kill us, and he'll use it for his glory and for our good. Amen? It is so important that we understand how God works. God will use the worst things to reset us. And that's what God is doing in this time and in the church, is he's resetting the church. He's realigning the people of God to himself. He's calling us back to realignment. You know, for a long time, the church has been caught in a lot of stuff. I think we've been in the weeds a lot. You know, a term from, I guess, you guys who play golf. I spend a lot of time in the weeds if I play golf. A lot of time. But God's calling us back to the fairway. He's calling us back to a realignment with His purposes and His will. And it's time to come out of the weeds. And so tonight, or today, I feel like God's given me a way for us to reset and to make sure that we reorientate ourselves to the Lord. Let's see if I can figure out technology today. So the first thing I did is I looked up the word set in the Greek. And it's pronounced phroneo, to position yourself, to exercise the mind, to be intensively interested, and to set your affections on. The thing that stuck out to me the most was to position yourself. We have to be positioned to receive the things that God is, is sending. Amen? If we're not positioned, you know, I, I think of so many things in the natural world. You have to be positioned to catch some things. Like, let's say a job for one. If we want a job, we have to position ourselves to get a job, correct? You have to fill out an application. You have to go in and you have to interview. You have to wear clothes that are appropriate for a job interview, right? It's so simple, but we have to be positioned for what we're going after. And in the supernatural, it's the same way. We have to position ourselves in alignment with what God is doing. You know, so many times in the Western, I'll say, world, in the Western church, we, um, we invite... God into our life. Instead of putting our life around God. There's a big difference than just saying, Lord, you can come in and you can, you can set up and, and I'll, I'll show you where you can have a place. And then to saying, Lord, you're the Lord of my life. And my life is yours. What you say goes, what you think is truth, and what you tell me to do is what I'll do. You know, I think other religions in the world, it's, it's sad, but they have an understanding of this sometimes better than the church of Christ. Sometimes, you know... Sometimes I look at the Muslim religion and I see their dedication to their faith. Everything they do is for their faith. And I think, 
God, it's so sad that they're so deceived, but they have such a passion to follow what they believe. I long for that. I long to see that in the church. Because if, if we can get that back into the church, like the, the early church had it, to where they were willing and able to suffer great persecution to change the world. Twelve men. God used twelve men to reshape and to spread the gospel of Jesus throughout the world. It's, it's amazing. It's absolutely amazing. When, uh, when I first had this thing about resetting, I, I, God just sent me back to my land navigation uh, studies in, in the military. And it was strange that it went here, but hey, that's how God works. When I thought about positioning myself, I, it reminded me of how important it is in land navigation that the first step we take is that we have to orientate the current position that we have to true north. You have to find your true north. If you don't find true north, it doesn't matter what happens after that. You're probably not going to end up where you need to be. So how do you find true north? Well, the simplest way is, of course, with a, a, a map and a compass. That's just the easiest way to find your true north. Every compass has an index line. It's usually got like a a yellow neon or something like that, if you've ever seen a compass. And that mark aligns you. You need to align that mark with what is true north. The tricky thing about a compass is understanding the difference between magnetic north and true north. See, magnetic north, the needle in the compass will automatically go to the magnetic north. But see, magnetic north is not true north. So people will pick that compass up, look at that needle, and just follow the needle and think they're going to end up going exactly where they need to be. But here's the truth. You have to have an understanding of magnetic de declination. On your map, there's a grid on every map. And that map has a map a grid on it that's for magnetic declination. And if you do not set your compass in accordance with that magnetic declination, you're just going to walk into what is magnetic north and miss what is true north. So how does this equate to setting our minds on God and the things above? Well, we live in a fallen world. And there's a magnetic force that seeks to pull us off course via the earthly cultures, the ethics, and the values of this world. The force is demonic, and it has deceived many people into the wrong and ultimate destructive course. It appears to be true north, but it is merely a magnetic diversion. God has given us a map to use which allows us to be correctly positioned to Himself. And that map has never changed. It is still the Word of God. We can turn it into a lot of things, but mag the true north that God has called us to follow is always the Word of God. Everything in our life has to come into alignment 
with the Word of God. Jesus warned us about going off course. In Matthew chapter 7, verse 13 through 14, he says, By the narrow gate, for wide is the gate, and broad is the way that leads to destruction. And there are many who go by it, because narrow is the gate, and difficult is the way which leads to life. And there are few that find it. This is a sobering text in the Bible. This is the text that we all should go and take a great pause at and say, Lord, Lord, I want to be on the narrow road. I do not want to be amongst the few or the the many that are on the other road. Matthew chapter 16, there's this great encounter with Peter, you know, and and Peter and, and Jesus are walking along and, and he asks the disciples, who do you say that I am? And Peter has this amazing revelation that you are the Christ, the Son of the living God. And Jesus says, flesh and blood has not revealed this, Peter, but God in heaven has revealed this. It's a great revelation. And upon you, I will build my church upon this revelation that you have received, this revelation of who I am. I'm going to build my church. Sometimes we stop there, but there's a, an encounter with Peter that's not so glorious right after that. <laughs> right after that, he goes right into saying, listen, listen, guys, I'm, I'm about to get delivered up. I'm about to be crucified. I'm about to die. But in three days, I'll rise again. And Peter pulls Jesus to the side and he says, no, Jesus, this is not going to happen. We're not going to let this go down like that. You're not going to die. And Jesus' remarks to that are sobering. In verse 23 of 16, he says, But he turned and said to Peter, Get behind me, Satan, for you are an offense to me. For you are not mindful of the things of God, but the things of man. Listen, it is offensive to God when we are thinking of the things of earth and not thinking upon the things of God. It's offensive to God. How do we know that? Because Jesus said, you're an offense to me. Why did He say that? Because we're mindful of the things here more than we are mindful of the things above. This message God is calling for us to get our mind set on the things above. It's time to stop getting caught up in the weeds. It's time to stop bickering about things that don't matter. It's time for us to stop being offensive to God and to realign our minds to Him. Listen, when we accept Jesus, Jesus does a radical thing in the Spirit, in our spirits. This thing is made Perfect. It's made whole. It is made clean. The Spirit. But here's the problem. This has to be renewed. This has to be transformed. If we stop here, then yeah, we receive what God has given us 
through His Son, Jesus. He washes this clean. But we will never experience freedom. We will never experience the peace that God has called us to if we do not get our minds transformed. So how do we set our minds? There's three things that God had really highlighted throughout this year to myself. And I may just be preaching to myself this morning, and that's okay. Because that's where it starts. First thing we have to do is we have to acknowledge our need for transformation. We, we have... We have watered down what Jesus has called us to when we don't expect for our lives to be transformed and grown up in Christ. Jesus calls us to grow into the fullness of Christ. That's what Scripture tells us, that He wants us to be grown up into the fullness of Christ. Let me tell you something. If you feel like you're already there, I promise you you're not. If you think I've arrived and I've made it, I'm here to tell you this morning, you're not. You have not arrived and you have not made it. You have not walked what Jesus has walked fully. And guess what? You probably will never do that. But here's what God's calling us to do. He's calling us to to press towards the mark. If we're not pressing, if we're not trying, if we're not continually trying to grow, and listen, it doesn't stop at an age number. I've been serving the Lord for over, well, since I was eight years old, so that's, uh, that's a lot of years. But there's not a certain year mark where I go, I've been with the Lord for 40 years, so I don't have to worry about nothing else. I'm good. Every day, God is expecting us to meet up with Him, and to allow Him and His Spirit to change me, to transform me, to look more like Jesus, to be more like His Son. And that's a great privilege that we have through relationship because it doesn't come through me. It only comes through me positioning myself to Him. The more time I spend in His presence, the more time I spend in His Word, the more time I spend intimately with God, the more I am changed. And it's not through works. It's not through this, you know, striving. We've tried that. I mean, that's failed us for a long time, guys. But when I just get intimate with the Lord, there's something that is supernatural that happens in my mind that things begin to shift. And my thoughts yield to His thoughts. And my perspective changes to align to His perspective. In Romans chapter 12, verse 1 through 2, it says, I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service. And do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove what is good and acceptable and the perfect will of God. Another way to say this is that if we refuse to be transformed through the renewing of our mind, we will be conformed to the world. It's either or. We're either going to be conformed to the world 
or you're going to be conformed to Christ. That's the choice. But it comes through the renewing of our mind. Bill Johnson says, Renewing your mind is simply learning to recognize what comes from hell and what comes from heaven and then agreeing with heaven. I love that. I'm going to read that one more time. (laughs) Renewing your mind is learning to recognize what comes from hell and what comes from heaven and simply agreeing with what comes from heaven. Our minds can only be renewed through relationship with the Holy Spirit and the Word of God. So how do we know if we are being transformed? God's transformation will always set us apart from the world. We are set apart. We are different. In Scripture, 1 Peter 2 and 9 says, But ye are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a peculiar people, that you should show forth the praises of Him who's called you out of darkness and into His marvelous light. Listen, peculiar, we're strangers in a foreign land. We're, we are the weirdos in this world. Embrace it. Love it. Live it. Enjoy it. You are not made to fit in in this world. If you feel like you don't fit in, praise God. You just are probably walking on that narrow road that He called us to. And not everybody will find it. God is waiting for us to stop reacting and reflecting and resembling the the earth and actually start representing heaven through the power of the Holy Spirit. We cannot accomplish this if our minds are positioned and focused on the same stuff that the world is focused on. You can't be different from the world if if we're always focused on the exact same thing that the world is focused on. Listen, this is difficult Because there's a 24-hour news cycle that wants your affection, your attention, and everything you've got for your allegiance. It wants to tell you how to think, what you're supposed to be worried about, what you're supposed to be focused about. That's what the world is trying to do to us every second of every day. It's trying to steal the voice of God from our lives. And I'm telling you, the message today is to stop it. Stop allowing the world to dictate what you think and feel and start getting in connection with God, with His Word and with truth. The world desperately needs the church to bring heaven's perspective to the chaos and confusion of our time. This begins when we stop waiting for our circumstances to be transformed and start allowing God to simply transform us. Man, here's the truth, guys. What if your circumstance never changes? What if it never changes? Is that an excuse for us to stay the same? No. We have got to stop being moved by what's happening to us and we've got to start living by what's, what's living in us. Yeah. 
The second thing that God revealed to me was that we must submit our flesh to the life of Jesus and the leadership of the Holy Spirit. Romans 8, 5 through 8 says, For those who live according to the flesh set their minds on the things of the flesh. But those who live according to the Spirit, the things of the Spirit. For to be carnally minded is death, but to be spiritually minded is life and peace. Because the carnal mind is hostile against God, for it is not subject to the law of God, nor indeed can it be. So then, those who are in the flesh cannot please God. I'm going to read that. Those who are in the flesh cannot please God. Listen, our flesh, we have to crucify this thing. Jesus says, pick up your cross daily. You know, um, <laughs> that's that scripture verse in Matthew chapter 16 that comes right after he rebukes Peter. He says, listen, if you want to follow me, you're going to have to deny yourself and pick up your cross and follow me. What is he referring to? He's referring to the crucif- crucifixion of our flesh every day. Because this does not want to do what God is telling me I need to do. This is always at war with what God is trying to do through my spirit. That's why Paul called it, oh, you wretched thing, this flesh. He hated this flesh. He was at war with this flesh, and so are we. Make no mistake, so are we. It has to be crucified. We can quickly check our spiritual declination by our willingness to submit or subject ourselves to the Word of God. You want to find out if you're on true north? You want to find out if you're going exactly where you're supposed to be? Check your, your life against His Word. And if something offends you and you're unwilling to change, guess what? You're not in alignment. Because out of the two things that's got to change, you're always it. It's neither the Word of God. The Word of God does not get to be transformed or changed to suit our lives, our culture, or what we think is right. I'm going to say that again. The Word of God does not get to be manipulated and changed to fit our lifestyle. Our lifestyle must be changed and conformed to this book, to His Word. There are many good things in this world that appear, or there are many things in this world that appear good on the surface, but ultimately they have nothing to do with God or His kingdom. Our minds must be set on and submitted to the Spirit of God to know the difference. How do we know the difference? Listen, (laughs) the apple that Eve took appeared good. Listen to this. It wasn't nasty. It wasn't rotten. It, wasn't, it didn't look like it was sinful and full of death. The Bible says it was good. It appeared good. The choices we make appear good. But they have to be validated against His Word. They have to, to be put in line with the Word of God. Not everything that appears good has life and has kingdom in it. In fact, I would say a lot of stuff does not. A lot of stuff that appears to be good has nothing but death, has nothing but deceit, 
And the only way we know the difference is that we're in line with the Word of God. Not only this Word, but the living Word. The voice of God. Who knows that after this was penned, God didn't go mute. After the last word in Revelations was penned, it's not like God went mute. God is still talking to us. God has sent His Holy Spirit to have a relationship with us, a living relationship, a life He wants to speak to each and every one of us every day, every second of every day. But we only hear Him if we are positioned to hear Him, if we're set upon Him, if we're actually looking to hear and see Him. The third thing, we must be willing and ready to move. We must be a people of action. 1 Peter 1, 13-16 says, this is the message version, I love it so much. So roll up your sleeves, put your mind in gear, be totally ready to receive the gift that's coming when Jesus arrives. Don't lazily slip back into the old grooves of evil, doing just whatever you feel like doing. You didn't know any better then, but you do now. As obedient children, let yourselves be pulled into a way of life shaped by God's life, a life energetic and blazing with holiness. For God said, I am holy and you be holy. When we submit to the leadership of the Spirit, we're going to be pulled into a difficult and narrow road that Jesus had told us about. It's not always the message that draws in the huge responses. But listen, this life ain't the easy life. Jesus never said that. Jesus never lied to any of us. If we read this word, He says, they persecuted, they hated me, guess what they're going to do to you? It's a hard road. But let me tell you something, it is the only road that leads to life. It is the only road that actually has real peace in it. We must make the decision every day to be aligned with Jesus, our true north. To allow ourselves to be moved and pulled into positions that oppose the cultures of this world. Listen, we've heard these terms, culture wars. There is a culture war, and we're all in it. There is so much pulling against what God wants to do. But God's plans have never changed. They're the same that they were in Genesis. The mission's still the same, guys. Adam and Eve, the original mission to have dominion, to expand the kingdom of God throughout the whole planet. That's still the mission. It didn't change. I believe we're living in a time of great opportunity. Today we have more access to information and knowledge through technology than any generation before us, yet this generation seems more lost and confused than any before. Good people are being deceived to accept various sinful activities and lifestyles because their minds have been conformed to the world. But we, the children of God, have an opportunity to set our minds on things above. 
to demonstrate what a renewed mind looks like. A renewed mind that will destroy the works of the devil so the earth's reality is overcome by heavens. It will prove the will of God, not just in word, but in deed. It heals the sick. It frees the captive. It brings joy to the hopeless. It strengthens the weak. It releases creative, world-changing ideas and innovation. It's this renewed mind that is set on God that will bring the kingdom of earth, the kingdom on earth as it is in heaven. Listen, this morning, it's, it's, this message is pretty clear and cut. It's time to renew our minds. It's time to set our minds on the things of God and not the things of the earth. It's time for us to reposition ourselves. Listen, if it's so easy. Jesus made this so easy. It just means repent. It just means literally, oops, sorry God, I missed it. And then change our minds to align with His. It's as simple as repent. That's the message Jesus left us is repent. And that's the message, that's the only thing that will get us back into alignment with Him. Is it starts at repenting. So this morning I just feel like the Lord has called me to bring this message And just to give everyone an opportunity to just do that. Just to repent. To turn away from the things that have been fueling and taking our affection and our attention. The things that have been earthly. The things that have been of this world. And he's offering us an opportunity this morning to just simply reposition ourselves. To realign ourselves with the things that are above and not the things that are going on. Right here. So, with every head bowed, Father, I thank you for the opportunity to bring this word, Lord. I thank you, Lord, that you care about us enough that you remind us that we need to be positioned to you. We need to be set upon you, God. That, Lord, that everything else is just taking us away from the road that you have called us to. And so, Lord, this morning we just ask, Lord, that if there's an area of our life where we are misaligned, where we are, we're not concentrated and focused on you, Father, we repent this morning. Lord, we ask that you would forgive us And Lord, that we will change the way we think about those things. That we will align ourselves to your word and your spirit, God. Holy Spirit, I ask that you would begin to open ears and open eyes. That, Father, that we would see and hear clearly. That we would know that the next move we make is in alignment with you, Jesus, the true north of our life. Father, I thank you that we don't have to go through this life doing Marco Polo. We don't have to be wondering if we're walking in the right direction, God. That, Father, that you are saying that if you will follow Jesus, 
you will end up exactly where you need to be. Thank you, Jesus, for coming and giving us a clear understanding of what it means to walk in the heart of the Father. And Lord, we surrender our hearts this morning. We surrender our lives again this morning. We take up our cross again this morning. We deny ourselves again this morning. And we say, nevertheless, Lord, not my will be done, but yours. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. You know, before, before we end today, I always, we always want to make an invitation. If there's anyone in here tonight and you, you've never made the decision to make Jesus the Lord of your life, if you've never truly say that, Lord, I give up my position to rule myself, and I give that to you. If you've never done that, today's your day. Today is the day of salvation. We want to make sure that you have the opportunity. So whenever we release today, you can come to the front and we'll have a ministry team up here to pray with you and to lead you into relationship with Jesus. If you're here this morning and you would say, I accepted Jesus, but I feel far from him. I feel like a prodigal. I feel like I've been on the outs with God for a long time. I hear the Father saying, come home. Today's your day. Don't wait another day. Don't wait another second. Come home. If you need healing in your body, if you need encouragement for your soul, we're going to be up here praying with you guys. We, we have a team that's going to be up here to pray with you. And so I'm just going to say a word of blessing and then we're going to be dismissed. Father, I thank you for this day. I thank you for the opportunity to bring this message I pray, Lord, that it lands on good ground, that every heart here, Father, would find themselves in a great position to you after this day, Lord. And I pray, Father, that, Lord, that you would just start to pour out from heaven, Lord, strategies from heaven, strategies, Lord, for their businesses, strategies, Father God, for for their situations and circumstances. Father, I thank you, Lord, that they will begin to see from heaven's perspective and not the earth's. I pray blessings on each and every person in Jesus' name. Amen. Be blessed. Love you guys.